This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Super Jack was back, but only for a short time as another crushing injury blow lands the winger on the sidelines for the foreseeable future. While the show must go on, we're here to discuss how City can best cope without Grealish as the Manchester Derby looms large. It's Thursday, March 29th. Yes, you heard that right. I'm Adam Booker. It's a leap year. It's not March 29th. Oh, fuck. I wrote March. God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> my brain That's i tricked I the leap year already tricked my brain god damn it <laughs> oh good catch because i don't think i would have. that's amazing that. that you were like you were like it's a leap year and i was like that's not the thing i'm questioning <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, here we go. it's thursday february 29th yes you heard that right i'm adam booker i'm andrew detmer i'm alex michelle and this is the city report podcast Good to win. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. We are going to leap right into this one. This is your home for daily Manchester City content. After an emphatic win against Luton in the FA Cup on Tuesday, attention now turns to a showdown with the team down the road. If you are looking at analysis of that Luton game after you finish this episode, go back and listen to Amos, Andrew, and Ali give their immediate thoughts on yesterday's episode. Uh, but we're going to start, Alex, with the unfortunate topic of Jack Grealish. We saw a few weeks ago he made his return to the team at Copenhagen, lasted about 20 minutes. Those 20 minutes were probably the best we've seen City play in a while. Obviously goes off with um, what we were told was a groin injury, makes his return yet again Tuesday night at Luton, and uh, deja vu all over again. He ends up with his head buried in a jacket on the bench. Um how much of a blow is this? Because I'm one of those people that likes to um, catastrophize Grealish's absence from the team. But 
he's been absent for the team from the team for most of the season, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think going into this final period, you lose a sort of safety net that you have because especially as fans, we look back on last season and how it panned out. You look at how important he was. And it's hard to not sort of correlate that one-to-one and be like, well, we lost another super important piece to the puzzle. And that is true, of course. Like He is a super important player to City, as you said. That that 20 minutes against Copenhagen was the best we've played in a long time, maybe until that Luton fixture. But at the same time, I think you always have to deal with situations like this. And I think it could be worse. Of course, it sucks to lose him, but it's not like losing KDB or Holland. And so I think Pep will find a way to respond to this. I think City lose a bit of dynamism in terms of their options. But I think that there are plenty of other sort of pathways for Pep to go when it comes to the big games. And as you said, we have missed him for quite a while. And yes, the performances haven't quite been there. But it's not like all of a sudden it's like lightning striking or something like it's it's not it's not that big of a change. Yeah, and what's interesting Andrew is I feel like if you would ask most city fans, I I'm sure there's some anomalous few out there, but if you would ask most city fans how they would best replace Jack Grealish, I I find it interesting that I feel like we actually haven't seen Pep Guardiola do what I think most city fans would say, which is probably put Phil Foden back out on the left maybe put Bernardo on the right, and then you can have you know the Alvarez's and De Bruyne's and um, players like that in the middle that can be a bit more direct. Um, when in reality, we've seen a bit more of Jeremy Doku. I mean, we've seen Mateus Nunes play out on the wing now. Um, so what what is the best way to keep the way that City play with Grealish as alive as possible without Grealish? I mean, I think it actually, you know, talking about Foden there um, hits on it a little bit, but I think it's playing someone like a Foden, like Bernardo, even a Nunez, who it's it's about playing a midfielder. Um, Pep's comments after the match, although not necessarily directly referencing Jack, he said, talking about Luton, when we play one touch football, we give the ball away. When we take two, three, four touches, that gives us time to make the right pass. And Marty Perrineau, um and Sam Lee pointed this in his article about Jack's absence. Marty Perrineau described Grealish as a midfielder who freezes time from the wings. And one of the issues that we've had this season is that it, it's, you're right that it's not a catastrophe, Alex, that Grealish is gone. But the issue is that what Pep has been doing is playing lineups where the player's even if they're not playing one-touch football, they're players who, if they're taking another touch, it's to go forward immediately and to push and to go direct and to try to make the next big thing happen. And that's not a bad thing to have players like that on the t- you know, pitch, but if everyone is like that, that's when you get what Pep's talking about, where the ball goes away. And as much as Pep's, cr- or not Pep's critics, Jack's critics, want to say, oh, all Jack does is get the ball you know, dance on it for a couple of minutes and then make a pass backwards. It's like, yeah, because that was the right pass to make. Um, and so for me, if you're not going to have Jack out there, you need to put actual midfielders out there who understand how to hold on to the ball and not be looking to move forward. One of the big issues I've had with both Alvarez and Doku is that they are such home run hitters that they immediately are looking for the next big thing instead of what is the right thing. 
It's really interesting, Alex, because it almost feels like Jack Grealish is a relic of the past days of Pep Guardiola at City. Because, you know, I can think back to probably 2017 to 2019 or 2020, where it felt like Pep was playing 10 midfielders at a time. You know, you could include Ederson in that. You'd have Zinchenko on on one flank and you'd have midfielders all the way up through uh, up through the false nine. And um but now we see players like Gavardi all bombing down the wing and Jeremy Doku bombing down the wing. And um, it, it's interesting that Jack Grealish almost feels like he doesn't fit into the way that City have played this year. Yeah, and it's funny how quickly things change because, you know, before last season, he was sort of an outcast in a different sense. So I think that's sort of the point I was getting at before is that things change very quickly. And yeah, I think City are playing differently this season to how we were last season. And you know, I, I called out, uh, uh, I made that sort of conclusion in an episode we did last week where I was saying that Pep is sort of looking for this sort of like best, best of both worlds scenario. And for me, I think, yeah, I do think Grealish is sort of, I don't know, it, it brings me back to just how our perception is different from what Pep is, is looking for. And we haven't really seen what Pep is after this season yet. And I think after this month, at the end of the season, we'll look back and we'll be able to sort of compartmentalize the approach a bit more and understand it. And for me, I think, to go back to the question of how do you replace Grealish throughout this run, uh, it sort of reminds me of like the, the money ball scene where it's like, how do you replace Giambi? You replace him in the aggregate. And for me, I look at Oscar Bob, Mateus Nunes, and Mateo Kovacic as the three players who in three different ways can fill those gaps that Jack Grealish leaves behind. Oscar Bob, I think, in the sense of your sort of easier Premier League games, he has sort of the same type of style as Grealish. He has other aspects to him, of course. I think one thing you said, Adam, last week was that he can sort of combine the best of both worlds when it comes to Doku and Grealish. I think he offers that sort of more safety-based scenario in the sort of easier games. I think Mateus Nunes, as we've seen, against Luton, against Bournemouth, when you have teams who press, he can play as that that guy up front who, who's more of an outlet, who's more of a transition-based guy. And then for me, in the big games, the answer is Mateo Kovacic. And that probably involves also Phil Foden going out to the left to be sort of the direct replacement. But I think Kovacic is the one who takes that spot in the 11. And for me, it's you know it comes down to him sort of enabling the pieces around him. I think he's the one who enables Rodri. He enables, whether it's Fardiol or Ake on that left side, and he just has the experience as well and, and the sort of individual quality to sort of replace Grealish in those big games and those UCL knockout games against Liverpool, against Arsenal, and, and really not make it as big of a miss as it could be. Yeah. Andrew, I want to ask a kind of uncomfortable question because I put this out on on Twitter right after Jack went off injured and you and I kind uh, privately kind of bickered about this. Um, this is now the second time where we have – got a initial prognosis from the club on a player's injury, the first being Kevin De Bruyne's. Um, we were told in the summer that Kevin De Bruyne probably won't ba- be back for potentially six months. I think in the end, he only missed three months, obviously came back on the opening day against Burnley, re-injures his hamstring, and has to get long-term surgery. Um, when Jack went down with the injury at Copenhagen, sounded like pretty bad news. He was going to be out for quite a while, potentially all the way through March. Here we are at the end of February. He gets back in the team, immediately re-injures himself. I'm not suggesting anything um, heinous or um, 
there's some sort of intentional um, ploy by the team to rush these players back and and re-injure them or whatever. But surely this is, you know, an unsustainable pattern, or is it just an anomaly? So I think one, it likely is a bit of an anomaly in the sense of we're talking about two players out of the, you know, think how many have played for City in just the Pep era, let alone across the last, you know, I guess now 16-ish years since the takeover and you would have had a more professional and uh, higher skilled team kind of come in with the access to resources. So I think it is a little bit of an anomaly, but I also think that they're slightly different in how and what we're talking about. So with regards to the hamstring injury for Kev, he's even talked about how by that point that he re-injured it, really he needed the time off that he ended up taking in the surgery for it to fully heal. But there are plenty of athletes. And I don't think, I mean, we saw it with Calvin Phillips, actually, that he pushed off surgery and tried to peel his shoulder without, you know, succumbing to that surgery because he knew what kind of the delay it would cause. And I imagine that Kev a little bit was probably told, Hey, you are probably likely to re-injure this um, without surgery. And, he made the call that it was, you know, he didn't want to risk missing that much time and then he does re-injure it. And then it's kind of at that point he has no but choice. Sh- but should he with- have the ultimate decision there? I mean, I listen, I'm all for human rights here, but surely if the, if, I mean, the, if the doctor is telling him, let, let I'm, I'm picturing the team doctor, Kevin De Bruyne and Pep Guardiola sitting in the room and the, the doctor is saying, you may re-injure this, or we could get you on, you know, we could slice you and dice you and you'll be out for six months, but then long-term you're going to come back better than ever and have two or three years more to to play at the peak level. If I'm Pep Guardiola, if I'm the club, if especially I'm the club and Kevin De Bruyne is an asset, I hate, I hate being that kind of American looking at a human like, you know, dollar signs in my eyes, but he is an asset as well. Surely it's not necessarily just up to him to take the risk here. Well, but it's not just up to him, but it is up to him about what two courses of acceptable medical advice he takes. There is one that's less risky, but that doesn't mean that he was incorrect to delay surgery because it doesn't mean that he was guaranteed to re-injure. It just meant it was far more likely. Um, But the fact is, is that hamstrings... um, groin and knee injuries and groin we'll get to in a second with Jack are two to three times more likely to occur once you've had an injury already occur for one. And that usually, I think it's like 12 to 18 months without reoccurrence for that to go down. And so both injuries we're talking about here just of their own nature are likely to reoccur, let alone in Kev's case where according to the report, like his hamstring basically needed surgical, needed surgical repair to have any hope of lasting after the last one, but that doesn't mean that he was guaranteed to tear it any time in the next, you know, three years before that. But Jack, I think it's a case of where, again, these things are often reoccurring once you have them. Um, I, you know, I'm not a body language person, but like the moment that he felt it and could tell that like he needed to come off, you could just tell like he had this feeling of like, not again. Like, I think he doesn't trust his body necessarily. Um, and it that can cause that injury to reoccur. Like if he's not running the same way he was or he's overcompensating. I mean, there's a whole host of things that go into this. Like physical anatomy is a very 
um, individualized thing. And yes, these guys all have the top medical experts in sports, you know, science and physical therapy and, you know, sports physicians working with them, but that doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfectly. And for me, like, I, I don't think anyone is to blame necessarily. Um, you know, if something comes out, out about Jack's life off the pitch and he's been doing things like there's definitely things that can make you more likely. Um, and if he, you know, didn't come into this season fully fit, which some rumors have been about, like that could increase this, but I just, to me, it's like, it sucks. Um, but these things happen. All right. That'll do for part one in a moment. We'll be back in part two to look ahead to the grueling stretch of March fixtures. Stay right where you are. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue You can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. If you are new here, please hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review unless it's a shit one. Alex, uh, real quick, some breaking news we got here in the last few hours. City have drawn Newcastle at home in the FA Cup. Uh, given some of the teams that were available still in the Cup, it, all in all, it's not the worst draw, is it? Yeah, I don't think so, especially with the form that Newcastle have been in of late. I don't think it's too big of a deal. It will come in for that, that Brighton fixture, which was supposed to be on March 17th. That will be postponed, and then the Newcastle fixture will fit in right there in between. Uh, what is it? In between the Liverpool away match and the Arsenal at home. So yeah, tough one obviously with the schedule, but regardless, I think well, I at think least the, there's an international break Arsenal. after the yeah 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 after That's Newcastle. Fair. So it's not immediately. It's not like we have to play that and then immediately go to go deal with Arsenal. Uh, Andrew, tough draw, but could be worse, right? I mean. Uh, I actually think they probably, if you made me rank the sides to draw, they probably be my second on the list that I would want. Um, because I think Wolves have shown an incredible um, kind of ability this season to come up in other matches. Um, I, I don't have the same uh, trauma and, uh, you know, fear of United that some City fans do. So, like, I'm not saying that I necessarily were at them, but like, I just don't want to deal with them if at all their fans, if at all possible. So wouldn't want to draw them. Uh, definitely don't want to draw Liverpool. Um, you know, like Coventry is probably the only team that like guaranteed for me would be more likely that I would want than um, Newcastle because they, they've got a lot of things going on. They've got a lot of injuries they've dealt with and, you know, they're, they're having the issue of, they're adjusting to being kind of a big team. And how do you 
deal with that when teams aren't necessarily going to just let you do what you want um, in terms of play style. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Alex, we got to talk about March now that it's here, unfortunately. Obviously, City kick off the uh, the grueling month with a Manchester Derby this weekend. And then from there, they've got Copenhagen three days later. They've got Liverpool four days after that. And then you've got Newcastle um, and Arsenal and Villa just after March. So it's kind of season-defining. I've seen some some conflicting thoughts. I think fans would call this a season-defining period. Pep Guardiola said it's not. Um how we'll say with the Premier League games, which there are one, two, three games in March, and that is obviously United, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Ideally, how many points should be should City be taking in those games? And obviously, fantasy world, you take um, all nine points. But given that two of the games are against your two direct uh, Premier League title race rivals. <laughs> And City don't have a very good record in, in games against a big six this year. How many points are they going to be getting out of those? My benchmark is seven. I think a draw against either Liverpool or Arsenal would be okay. I do think that, sort of as you said there, when you look at the title race, when you look at how tight it is, and you look at how sort of favorable each of the three teams' fixture runs from this point onwards are, you know, Liverpool has a really tough end to the season, honestly. Their last three fixtures, I wouldn't want us to have personally. Arsenal probably have the worst overall out of the three teams. And then we're sort of in the middle with, you know, March being the tougher part. And then after that, it gets easier. And so for me, I look at that and I think you look at those games and you say that those are sort of going to define how this title race pans out. Of course, it can go different ways, but... I think you look at those, and I'll put off the derby for a second, but you look at at Liverpool away and Arsenal at home, you pretty much can't lose either of those games, I don't think. I, I think if you lose either of those games, then the title is in one of their hands, whoever you lose to. And that's a scary sight. You always want it to be in our hands. And yeah, I think when you look at that and you, you sort of come to that conclusion, you look at this month and... For me, yeah, it is make or break, especially in the league. I think, again, it just comes down to sort of control and power over who has the sort of like like onus and leg up in, the, in their race. And for me, it's just we're going to come out of March a completely different way that we're going into it as, as sort of fans looking on from the outside. Andrew, I'm going to ask you a horrible question um, because as as host, it is my job to spark controversy anytime I can. If you have to lose one of those three Premier League games, the Derby, Liverpool away, or Arsenal at home, if you have to lose one of them, which do you lose? Can, can I ask one follow-up question that's hypothetical? Of course, you're a lawyer. Are you saying that basically we're going to win two of them? No, we have to lose the other. I'm saying you have to. Oh, then this, you have to pick a loss. This is, and then the oh, other this, the this other two so are just regular games. Oh man! So because I think a pick, lot of people pick would your say next that they would words. Never pick. pick your next words wisely, <laughs> Mister Detmer. Yeah. So here's the thing: I'm not picking United, not because. I don't um, like it's like, oh, I don't want to lose to them because of some rivalry for me. Like, I don't want the bad vibes going into Liverpool. Like, so I'm not picking United. 
Um, and I'm not picking Liverpool because to me, they're the clear front runners. Like I'm picking Arsenal because I still don't believe in that team. Like I think Arsenal could fuck up some, um, you know, draws and matches along the way. And so if I'm going to hand advantage to one of the, one of the two front runners, it's going to be Arsenal. Um, and the last thing I want to do is put more like negativity in the air going into Anfield given, you know, all the mythos and legend about both Anfield generally and City's inability to win there. So you're not being superstitious, but you are being a little bit stitious when it comes to uh, to Liverpool away. Alex, you have to pick one loss. What are you picking? It's a tough one. I want to say the same thing as Andrew, but at the same time, you look at Liverpool away, and I feel like that's a match where I'm happy with a draw regardless. So... I don't know. I, I I'm do happy with a draw Liverpool. there, but I genuinely think if like if we lose to Liverpool, that's the title for them. You don't think that given Arsenal's recent form, which is basically smack everybody by four or more goals, and Liverpool are just a bunch of kids at this. They're point. smacking shit teams. Yeah, I agree. But like that's but but yeah, it's teams that teams. it's teams that they dropped points to last season down the stretch. Yeah, but. Th- the 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 pressure isn't on them right now. Like they're chasing. If they, Which is, if they but get that's exactly why I think I think that they could potentially do something this year because all of the focus is on Pep winning his fourth and Klopp riding off into the sunset, fourth consecutively, obviously for Pep. Whereas Arsenal no, are just I, kind I, of there. I, they can just beat everybody six 0 every week, and no one really bats an eye because the storylines, the narratives, all surround the two clubs up north. I'd agree up until they suddenly become um, – if they're the front runners, then the media will start covering them again. And then I think that actually does become an issue of pressure for them. Well, I'm going to answer my own question and say that if I had to pick <laughs> one loss here, I would get in my car. I would drive about an hour and a half north of here to Mount St. Helens, which is an open and active volcano. I would walk right up to the top, and I'd jump in the hole, and I would melt into the lava. And with that <laughs> – Thank you all very much for tuning in. Andrew, thank you very much. Cheers. Alex, thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.